Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 24 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well, Matt. Doing pretty well. Uh, there was snow on the ground today, which was kind of a wild, uh, wild thing. Yeah. The twins were extreme like shriek literal shrieks of glee uh to be young <laughs> yeah uh, to be um, young well, and not really, have a driver's license right well they were very excited to, to go out but of course they're only nearly four and so they can go out for like 15 minutes and then they're like too cold and they have to come in sure and then they warm up they're like okay let's go outside again and then they go so they spent like an hour and a half kind of cycling in uh cycling in and out that's very fun, though. Yeah, that was very fun. Uh, let's see. I don't know. It's episode 24 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It's called Running Solo, A Silvery New Face. It was written yeah. by Yasuko Kobayashi, which I think is a new name for us. It does sound new. Uh, there, we, there may have been some, but it, there have not been enough that it strikes me as one of the... Uh, one of the regulars that we've got. Its original air date was August 3rd, 1997, right after my birthday. Um, and Dave, we're going to talk well, about that. Well, two days after, but yeah. Well, you know, that's pretty close. We're going to talk about that episode, Dave, but of course, first, we have our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Man, our first star of the week it, you threw it to me, so I'm just going to say it's Deadlands, but I feel like you had something else you were going to talk about. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, listen, okay. Could we talk about Deadlands? Sure. Uh, I did. I just have been thinking about Deadlands a lot. I don't know why all of a sudden I remembered the game. But dude, you remember Remember Deadlands, though? Dave, when, when you say remember, that, that seems to indicate that like there are times when I have ever forgotten about Deadlands, and I'm not just thinking about it pretty right re- okay so i'm not i'm not gonna say that i am constantly thinking of deadlands but it is never far from my thoughts i so you wouldn't okay not like georgia no you wouldn't say it's no i mean georgia okay georgia is not always on my mind recently georgia is very much on my mind and specifically i've been actually thinking about georgia a lot recently well, also, like a lot a lot also i get like eight emails a day from like fundraising efforts in georgia because uh when you give you know like if you ever get yourself on a list like especially in something like this Especially because there are currently two runoff elections happening. I'm getting like four emails a day from each campaign. I'm like, guys, I, I get it. I do get it. I actually do get it. But guys, please give me a break. Dude, well, I, let, you know who me, else is give, still... <laughs> give me one week to be happy that the bad president lost the election. Please, give me a week. We can... Yo, speaking of, that cat is still sending out like six to eight emails every day. A lot of them are about Georgia, like as though the election had not yet happened. Not even like it's not over because we're still fighting. Like, like it's upcoming, and you all need to like get out and vote in it. Right? Um, it's it's utter madness. <sighs> Anyways, Matt, um, what you were actually going to talk about is is a 
Okay, Matt, I'm I'm gonna have I'm having trouble parsing this because, dear listeners, this is what is in the notes that Matt has asked me to lead into for him by throwing me the first star. It just says "Merry Christmas." Parenthetical war apostrophe is over. End parenthesis, or I'm sorry, um, asterisk, asterisk war equals election slash Domino's pizza. Okay, now so. Okay. So if you would love, I would love for you to break this down for me, Matt. I'm uh, genuinely excited about this star. Okay, so Merry Christmas, war is over. Is that the Christmas season is coming and that the election has felt like a war and the war is now over because the election is over. And also Merry Christmas, war is over is the name of a John Lennon song that probably isn't good because it's not a Beatles song. And pretty much all of his non-Beatles songs are not good. Are, yeah, they're not great. That's, um, that's my hot take is that he has the worst post-Beatles career. Of any of the Beatles. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, well, okay. Now, to be fair, I now, can't make was, a definitive it, it was, call. It was cut tragically short, to be fair. But, like, there's some great wing songs. George Harrison has some great stuff. And I don't know, really, any Ringo Starr in his all-star band That's really songs, all I was going to say. But, like, Imagine isn't good. So, anyway. But... Uh, talking about the election reminded me of a particular, a weird experience I had with Domino's Pizza recently, which just happened to overlap with the election twice. That is a buck wild jump, and I'm excited to hear about okay, it. Okay, so it's not, uh, on the day that I went to go vote, because I voted early, and I stood around in the rain for like an hour, because I thought it wasn't going to rain, so I didn't bring my umbrella, but once I got in line, I'm like, yes, I'm doing my civic duty. I'm just going to stand in the rain for an hour and wait to get into the board of election to cast my ballot. So I did that and I got home and I thought, you know what? I deserve a treat. You know, today, today is treat day. Um, uh, and, and Dave, the results are incredible. Uh, and it, this is a, uh, that's a very good Peter Serafinowicz comedy bit that you should look up that is unrelated. Anyway, so I get home that day and I think I want to order a pizza. I order a pizza from Domino's because... <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just thinking about discount foie gras. Discount foie gras. Bon, 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 bons. <laughs> okay, this is not funny to anybody else. Please continue. Um, so I'm like, I, I deserve Miller Light and trash pizza. I'm ordering Domino's and I'm getting cheap beer from the like convenience store. And I'm just going to put trash in my body and watch a movie because, like, I stood in the rain today to help society. And by gosh, I earned this. So I order a pizza, but the pizza doesn't show up for a while, right? Like, it's one of those days that just pizza is slow to arrive. And Domino's these days, instead of waiting for you to complain, they just shoot you an email. They're like, yeah, we're sorry, man. I don't know what happened. Have a free pizza on us. Nice. And so I had, you know, I ate the pizza and then I sort of forgot about it until actual election day where I spent the entire day. Uh, that, that was not the best day because, you know, uh, numbers, numbers that night did not look the way that I wanted them to look. And yeah, they did not. That is true. So I was just doing a lot of like nervous pacing around the house until eventually I realized like, oh, I haven't eaten dinner. I might not have eaten lunch. It's time mm. to call in that free pizza. Once again, that's my election pizza. I earned it. So I put in the order. Eventually, a long time later, the pizza arrives. 
But Dave, it's not just one pizza. It is, weirdly, two identical pizzas. But I did only... That is a little bit weird. But I did only order one pizza, and the pizza that I ordered was free. And so, you know, I tipped the driver, and I was like, listen, I only ordered one pizza. They're like, well, it is your lucky day, I guess. Unless you only kind of like Domino's, in which case it's only kind of your lucky day. They didn't say that bit. <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's direct. It is directly proportional to how much you like Domino's. So they just give me two pizzas. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I guess these are mine now. And then, later, I got an email from Domino's. They're like, hey, man, sorry we screwed this up. We're going to credit you with a free pizza. <laughs> so now I have ordered one pizza, gotten three pizzas, uh, and I, I'm sorry, gotten, uh, you know... Three total, so two additional free pizzas. And I have yet another one free pizza just waiting for me to pull the trigger on it. Man, this is uh this sounds like a winner combination. Maybe I'll save it for inauguration day. Maybe that will be like <laughs> that the would capstone. close well. Now listen, that will either be the capstone or you have just entered some sort of weird fairy bargain with Domino's where as long as you only ever order on politically significant days, the pizza is always free. But you can't have Domino's anytime outside of those days. See, now, ooh. See, the thing is, Dave, when you mentioned that I've entered in a weird fairy bargain with Domino's, the only thing I can imagine that it is that I have like entered into a pact with the Noid. Listen, if the Noid is anything out of classical mythology, I think it's fair to say that the Noid is probably some weird trickster fae. I mean, you do want to avoid him. He's got a bizarre obsession. He has his own strange internal rules. Uh, You know, this this dude is a pretty classic fairy, I would say. Anyway, so that that is my Merry Christmas, War is Over, War Equals Election, and also Domino's... uh, star for the day i love it matt what is our second star of the week dave another food thing that happened recently and this is i guess this is tangentially related to a bun vulcan because i did make some bread for this but it's just the same bread that i've been making i participated in a soup swap okay I mean, I feel like that's pretty straightforward. I don't feel... I mean, is there any explanation necessary or does Soup Swamp pretty much cover it? Pretty much covers it. So I got a a text from a friend of mine from Pizza Club. And she said, hey, Matt, we're doing a Soup Swap. Do you want in? And I said, sure. Also, please tell me exactly what you mean because I feel like this could go... I could maybe do this wrong accidentally. So Now, I will say... This is a good plan, provided you have faith in your friend's soup-making abilities as, you know, as regards your own, right? Right. Like, if you're the best soup-maker, then... No. I mean, there's a joy in sharing soup with someone else. What you actually want is you want to be either just barely on par with everybody else, or you want to be the best, but only just barely, because if you're just barely worse than everyone else, then you get to enjoy a lot of soup that is better than your own um, without feeling like you're dragging down the team. But Dig it. if you are just a little better than everyone else, then you get to enjoy soup. That's pretty good. But also, you get to be like, hey, guys, check out this soup, though. Right. Everybody's just like, oh, man, I drew Matt this year. Great job. Well, no, see, yeah. here's the thing. It isn't, a, it isn't an exchange like that. The way that it worked is... 
I made a big batch of split pea soup. Um, okay. I did it with... Uh, there's a grocery store around here called Lucky's. Lucky's does their own like in-house smoked bacon. Some of their bacon is like this like black pepper encrusted bacon. And I use that as Matt, a, very briefly, a ham hock. I will say we have done we just recently did do a fairly extensive discussion about not only split pea soup, but, this but specifically recipe. Yeah, as as it interacts with Lucky's homemade bacon. Okay. I just wanted to explain what it was I was contributing to the swap. So I make this. I I had gotten some like you know, 16 ounce, con- uh, you know, uh, containers. And I filled up six 16 ounce containers of soup. And then I brought those along with a little, like, little mini sandwich sized baguettes that I made a batch of that day, uh, the day of the swap, so that I could give everybody, oh, like, split pea soup see. With, a fresh, with a fresh baguette. Just to really, like, because again, I wasn't sure if I was bringing the best or the worst soup. And I'm like, well, if it's the worst mm. soup, at least I'm bringing homemade bread. So I bring that. And then everybody brought six. There were six people or couples um, involved. And so I just brought six. I brought home six different types of soup, like one of everybody else's. This is a very good soup swap. Yes. Now, normally, they've done this in the past, and it's been like a potluck where everyone brings home leftovers. But, of course, this year, mm-hmm. you know, given the pandemic, we're like, well, we can hang out for five minutes inside wearing masks while we are redistributing packages. Um, but, yeah, now I've just got a fridge full of soup. I had some gumbo yesterday. It was great. Love gumbo. Yeah. I'm always cheap when I make anything even close to gumbo, so I forgot that it's supposed to have shrimp in it. So when shrimp was in it, I was like, oh, wow. They, like, they really went for it. Ah, yeah, no, no. That is a winner. I actually prefer cheap gumbo because I don't much care for shrimp, but. Anyway, so that that was the soup swap. Highly recommended. Lots of fun. Lots of soup. And got a few compliments on the split pea and the baguettes. So, you know, that's really all I wanted. I- I think deservedly so. Matt, what is our third? It's a Matt-heavy week, guys. Well, um, I wasn't my here life last has been week. pretty. That's true. It's a good point. Oh, by the way. Um, well, I didn't, do, I didn't do stars last week either, so. Uh, thank you, by the way, for doing the episode last week. And thank you, Mark, for finding another episode of uh, Ringo Ranger. I was going to say, honestly, it was just a joy to be able to watch another episode of Ringo Ranger. And, you know, I, uh, I think anyways, all of Matt, our listeners are really blessed because normally... Normally, you have to subscribe to our Patreon at the $5 a month level to get this, that sort of bonus audio. And we just dropped it in the feed for free for you, you know. So, there you go. That's a, that's a, that's a good commercial for our Patreon that definitely exists. <laughs> Matt, what is our third star of the week? Well, as you mentioned last week, the reason that I wasn't able to uh, participate in the episode was that my brain just like was not capable of thoughts really because i am in the process of trying to buy a house and last week was just like it was the week before the inspection and so it was just the week of me wondering like am i buying this house as i mentioned a few weeks ago like in that weird limbo right Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah, that's odd and so i had the inspection on friday last friday and it was a really weird experience because, A, I spent, like, a lot more time, like, in the house than I had when I was first touring it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I got a good vibe of it before. But this time I was like, uh, mom and dad came into town because uh, they are, like, helping me through this experience because they have bought houses in the past and I have not. And they uh, are invested in my future because they're good parents. Um and so, like, we were, like, taking measurements and doing all of this stuff and trying to figure it out. And the weird thing, and you may have talked about this before. You may have, I'm sure you've talked about it before. You may have talked about it before on this show. But the weird thing is that now I have a house inspection. And it's like a, I don't know, it's like a hundred-page document or something. Yeah, a really good house expansion, uh, inspection is an extensive document. And so, like, when I went through the house initially, because as I described before, this is a real fixer-upper. So before, I had, like, a vague idea of, oh, this is a place where a lot of projects will have to happen. And now, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a place where this 100-page document worth of projects have to be addressed. And now I have the full list, which is both comforting. Now this document is terrible. Right, like, not, like, and the document is both comforting, because now, like, you know, like, it's basically a checklist, right? Like, I'm like, okay, this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed. I know the things that actually have to happen. There's no guesswork involved. Unfortunately, there's no guesswork involved, which means that I actually do have to fix all 100 pages of this document. <laughs> Well, you know, thankfully, Matt, you don't need to, uh, you know, you don't need to do it all at once. Yeah. And Dave, something that literally only occurred to me for the first time today is like, oh, once I've done some of those things, there then there will be fewer things to do. Like... That is the great benefit of a list, Matt. Like, that that is obviously true, right? Like, once the floors are done, then the floors don't have to be done anymore. But, like, it kind of didn't occur to me that, like, there's a million things to do until there are zero things to do. It was like, no, there's a million things to do, and then there are 999,000, etc. things to do, and then, eventually, there are zero things to do. But, like, that progression just kind of didn't occur to me until today. Well, now, Matt, listen, I I have good news for you and I have bad news for you. Here's the good news. Um, This incredible thought technology of lists, Matt, Mm -hmm. can be applied to uh, literally, literally tens of things in your life. I mean, how how would I know which things? You could you you can use lists for all sorts of things, Matt. You can make a list for the groceries you need to buy. You can make a list of uh, you know appointments to keep. This is incredible applications uh, all across your life. If you are only now discovering this, so that's the good news. Uh, here's the downside, Matt, that you are about to discover of owning a house. Uh, there's a lot of upsides. A lot of upsides. I am a homeowner. I'm very blessed to be able to uh, to do that. And uh, and I and I'm into it now. The downside is you said that eventually your list would get to zero, and I'm here to tell you, Matt, that is not true. Uh, the list is never at zero. There's always something on the list. Your house can sense this. When you get close, <laughs> it will add something to the list, just to sort of. Just to sort of keep you going. So don't ever think you're going to get to... You're going to get the list down to like a very manageable level, but the list will never be at zero. Just just mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for this. Okay. Well, I mean, that's... 
we'll 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 revisit this once I've had a chance to sort of more emotionally deal with that. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? Well, actually, Matt, speaking of, um, I did a big new house project that I had never done before. Uh, my back door was very drafty, as you know, and it had been drafty for quite a few years, ever since we moved in. And uh, last year, mom and dad were like, hey, why don't we, as your big birth or your big Christmas present for you and Beth, uh, we will buy you a new door. And I said, cool, great. man, that's, that's a great present. Um, but you know, like you got to go out and get it and like figure out like blah, blah, blah. And then like COVID and, and all of this stuff. So I, this whole time had gone by and I still hadn't done it. And I had finally gotten the door, uh, you know, delivered. So here's what I originally said. They were like, this is how much a door will be. And I said, okay. So I go and I look at some doors and I'm like, all right, well, this is how much a door is. And I asked the guy at Home Depot, I was like, well, hey, how much, uh, uh, you know, how much would it be to install this door? And he's like, oh man, you know, it's going to be like all this money. So I get another guy out and they're like, yeah, it's going to be like a few thousand dollars. And I'm like looking around at quotes and everybody's telling me that having a door installed, is going to be like thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's insane. I don't have thousands of dollars to spend on that. Like, that's nuts. Except, you know, like the door was like 380 bucks I'm not spending 10 times that to get it installed. So dad, I had the door. Dad was in for the weekend helping you out. He's like, why don't I help you do this door? And I was like, sick. Let's do it. I looked up a bunch of videos um, about how to do it. In theory, it's not actually terribly difficult. Rock and roll. Um, in theory. So I'm like, this in theory. I'm like, this will probably take Much us like a few Much like Val hours. Kilmer in the classic movie, The Ghost in the Darkness. The Ghost theory in the Darkness. was sound. Um, so anyways, I'm like, I'm like, you know, this will probably, we've never done this before, obviously, but we're both pretty handy. This will probably take us a few hours. Um, you know, we get the old door out. I, we put the new door in, no problem. Well, it, it took way longer than that. Um, and the reason it took way longer than that is basically we discovered that just like my house is not square. It's like a hundred years old, and just like the door jam itself is way out of whack. Right, like doors are all no, right okay, angles, here's... but your house has very few of those. Yeah. Now here's the thing: it's not like when I say way out of whack, it's not way out. Oh, of Oh, it's whack. not like it's a like... cartoon witch's house. No, it's like half an inch. But like doors are very dependent on being like very square and very within like like half an inch out of square is out of tolerance for a door. So we finally at the end of the first day like I think no joke like 11 hours later we finally get the door all the way in. We've done all of this stuff and only then do we fully realize that like the door just will not close. Like, it just won't latch. And I'm looking in, and it's... Like, at first, we couldn't get it to close at all. And we're like, oh, well, it's, like, way out of square. And this is when we realize. And then, so, the next day, we have to come back. We do the whole... We have to kind of do the whole thing over again. I had to carve out, like, a half-inch triangle out of a corner of the door into the beam above it. So that, like, the one side of it could come up. And then I had to, like, build a shim to, like, a half-inch shim to go underneath the frame of the door to get it mostly in square. 
Uh, and then even then it was slightly out. It was like one eighth of an inch too far. So the latch of the door handle like wouldn't catch okay. in the, in, on the, in the plate. And so I had to like carve out a new hole for the door and just like lower the door for the latch by like half an inch. Incredible. Um, yeah, it was, and I, I was just like, I now, in a much fuller way, understand why people say, like, maybe don't do this one for yourself, like, just hire the guy to do it. Um, but I did eventually, it only took me, it took me a whole weekend, but I saved myself, like, $2,700. So, hey. on the balance, good use of a weekend. You know, what's, what's also, funny is, um, oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say, also, I feel like, I feel very confident now that I could, that I could, like, if I did, if I had to do the exact same door again, like, I think I could do it in, like, starting from scratch, but knowing what I know now, I think I could probably do it in probably half the time or, or slightly less. Well, I'll let you know if either of my doors need to be replaced, Dave. I was going to say, give me a holler, man. I'm pretty sure I can do this (laughs) What's funny is on, uh, on Monday... Monday? Yeah. So Monday, mom and dad were heading back home. But before they did, um, uh, the twins wanted to see them again before they left, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what's very important. And though. so Beth brought the twins over to my apartment where mom and dad were staying. Um, and they were sort of at my place all morning, which was great. Um, they did really startle me because I thought I knew they were coming over, but I didn't know they were coming over that early. And I was just sitting at my desk, like wearing my headphones. And all of a sudden there were two small children in my bedroom, like handing me a plate with a, (laughs) with like a pastry on it, which was delightful. But you know, it took me a second to adjust to it. So when they're over, they were like in my kitchen and they were saying like, Oh, like you, you have a door in your kitchen. I was like, yes, I have a door in my kitchen. Like we have a door in our kitchen that goes outside too. Uh, if you ever need to fix your door in your kitchen, uh, you have to wait until it's getting dark outside. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Like, yes, if you ever, ever, if you are fixing your door, you must wait until it is getting dark outside because, you know, it's, you know, getting on towards winter. And when you were doing it, you were doing it at a time right, yeah, where yeah, like yeah. you started when it was light and when it was not light anymore, when you finished, I was like, is there anything else? Like. <laughs> Does it need to be hailing uh, and like windy outside and cold? Like, yes, it definitely needs to be hailing and windy and cold outside for you to fix your door. <laughs> oh, dude! Like they got locked in the other day. Uh, I was trying. I was putting the kids to bed, and they were like putting their pajamas on. And uh, Sugar Bean had like gotten her pajamas on, so I was like, "All right, you go turn off the the big light overhead." So we just have like a small reading light for stories. And uh, Buddy Bear was just like. I wanted to turn the light off. And I was like, well, you you don't have your pajamas on yet, bud. And he was like, that is not the law. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, it is not the law. You have to have mamos for the light. And I was just like, well, I guess it's I guess that's true. It is not the law. Like, go ahead and turn the light on, and then you may also turn it off. So uh <laughs> House woes aside, Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Uh, fifth star of the week, I will make this brief. This is actually a repeat star, but it is a repeat star from episode seven of the Super Sentai Brothers. Wow, Matt. 
Yeah. Uh, and, but I did, I have talked about it more recently, I think, but not in the context of the five stars. It was not its own star. It was just something that was brought up conversationally. Um, the TV show, Going Deep with David Reese. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great show. Great show. Um, and I was talking recently about how like it's not streaming anywhere and it's very upsetting. And you said, actually, you can buy both seasons one and two. Uh, on various platforms. Was this really episode seven? I feel like we talked about this much more recently. We talked about this much oh, more recently. Oh, you mean episode seven of Mega Ranger? No, no, no. We talked about Going Deep with David Reese originally in episode seven of Die Ranger. But we talked about it more recently because I was talking about, I think I was talking about uh, David Reese's podcast to the Election Profit Makers. Oh, perhaps so, yeah. Um, but Mom and Dad were over and we were looking for something to watch and I remembered like, oh, those seasons are just available. And I almost never buy, like, TV episodes because, you know, I pay for streaming services. Yeah, but yeah, these aren't streaming anywhere. And they're also not available to buy both from the same place. I had to buy season one on Amazon Prime and season two on iTunes. But I did buy both seasons. And I had never seen season two or, frankly, the back half of season one. And Dave... This is just a quick recommendation, because we've already been going long on these stars. It's a very good show. Season 2 has such topics as how to pet a dog, how to take a punch, uh, and I'm trying to think of another one from Season 2. Anyway, they're all very good. You should de- like watch the show if you have the opportunity to do so. I highly recommend it. It's a great show. It is a how-to show about things that you think you already know how to do, but they go... Deep on each subject, which is the name of the show. Love and it. Dave, Sounds excellent, Matt. The name of another show is Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. We're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 24 of that show, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. It's episode 24, running solo, a silvery new face. Dave, I love a new face. I love a new face when it arrives in a Sentai show. Do love a new face, man. I like um, this one. I is. like this silvery new face. It is. It's extremely exciting. Um, okay. Uh, we're going to get to that face soon enough. But first, we see a different face. It is the face of a child. And that child has balloons. And after a moment of enjoying the peace and the joy of an afternoon while holding balloons, uh, that child is surrounded by explosions. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it is it is still a Sentai show, so... Sure. Um, anyways, there is... Uh, we see a monster, it's like... We find out later that it's a buffalo monster. Uh, not a bison monster, a, like... Like, a more of, like, a Southeast Asian water buffalo is, is I yeah. think, the vibe. My and initial guess was a mountain goat, Nezare, but that was not it. I was thinking like a longhorn steer of some sort, but yeah, okay. it's like a it's like a water buffalo-y guy. Um, but interestingly, he's got like uh, like digital horns. He's got like wire like green on black wireframe horns. I, I have it in my notes that he has Uganda horns. Like his horns, yeah, look like how Uganda looks, which makes sense because this is a Uganda plot episode. And honestly, it's a pretty good Uganda plot. Yeah, we're going to get into it. I was genuinely surprised. So, uh, basically, they, they, they fight this guy, um, and they, 
they win very quickly. But there's a key moment. Yeah, uh, we don't know exactly what's going on. Although it's it's pretty straight. It you know, uh, we see sort of from Buffalo Nazare's perspective as the Rangers pull out their special weapons to launch their secret attacks. We see a quick shot. And it's like a scan shot of them and like little circles appear over their weapons. And then we get like a little, you can't really read it because it's in like Nezere language, I guess. Um, or it could have been in Japanese and I just didn't catch it. Honestly, Matt, so many things in this show that I would assume should be written in Japanese are written in English. When they do write something in Japanese, I'm just not prepared for it. That's completely fair. So it may have just been Japanese, but I think we have seen before that the Nezere have like their own sort of script. Anyways, yeah. um, it is uh, not script, script. Um, sorry, I was trying to work it- my way into like a company store joke there, and I just couldn't find my way in. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So anyways, um, we get the script, and so he's done some sort of like evil evil science analysis on on these weapons right but weirdly he's not really attacking the rangers like he walks up they shoot him with their mega sniper he falls over he scans them and he gets back up and then he sort of like plods toward them towards them slowly like he's jason or something yeah, and then they shoot uh, him he with does their, like a little like, combined weapons and he falls over and scans it and gets back up and this happens a few times. Well, they do. Uh, vitally, they get he gets hit with Battle Riser as yes. well. Um, right after he gets hit with Battle Riser, a guy rolls up on a motorcycle. And I want to be clear about something. It's not a dirt bike. I feel like every time somebody is on a bike in this show or most Sentai shows, it's a dirt bike. This is like a full-on motorcycle. Yeah, even Bullet Choji mostly rode a dirt bike. And I think it is significant that it's a motorcycle for a reason that I will get to later. Um, Because I think it communicates something about the person riding it. Mm, I'll be interested to hear this thought. So he shows up, and uh, basically the rangers blast Buffalo Nazare to smithereens. He just collapses. He doesn't go giant or anything. They just go down. And the rangers are like, that was weirdly easy, but I'll take it. Yeah. Like, it's summer vacation. And Miku, I think, is just like, it's summer vacation, guys. Like, just thank goodness that we had an easy week, and now we can go back to, like, chilling. I do appreciate, I think they said week. I'm not sure that they did. But I'm pretty sure that I recall them saying weak, and I really do hope that the fiction of Sentai is that there is an attack once every week. It's not like other stuff is happening and we're only seeing it, or mm-hmm. that this is happening in sequential days. It's like, nope, Monday through Monday through Friday, we're good. Saturday and Sunday, we're on alert, and then as soon as we're done, we can go back on, on relax until the next Saturday morning. Oh, that's good. They got homework to do during the week. Clearly, you got to keep those studies up. So, um, so they run off. Uh, the guy in the motorcycle is like, "Not bad, Mega Rangers. Not bad." But he also observes that the gem that was on Buffalo Nezare's forehead when he is defeated and like his body is blown to pieces, that one piece like glows green and then disappears. And he's like, "Hmm, 
very interesting. He says it very dramatically. But, like, dramatically in a way that is very much trying to get across the idea of nonchalance. That is this dude's vibe. Yeah. Um, very studied, very studied nonchalance. I think he nailed it. This is so, a dude who so desperately wants to be seen as the coolest person in the universe. And, to be fair, is pretty cool. Is, in fact, fairly cool. He does have a better bike. Okay, interesting question, Matt. Who's the coolest ranger that we've seen? I mean, it's got to be Guy, right? It's Guy, yeah. It's 100%. It's 100%. I just wanted to, like, make sure there were there have been some other cool rangers. But, yeah, like, it's definitely I mean, Daigo's cool. Daigo is pretty... Uh, that's actually... That is the person that I was going to mention. Like, because the thing is that, like, a lot of the characters who I think are my favorite are not necessarily cool. Even the ones who have an air of being cool. Like... I feel like if you there are aspects of Shoji and aspects of Kazu from Die Ranger that if you combine those two people together become one cool person, but they both have like a deeply dorky core to them. Yes, yeah, 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 they do. Oh, dude, speaking of things that are extremely good and also have kind of a dorky core, have you read the most recent issue of Fantastic Four to hit Marvel Ultimate? I don't think so, because I am trying to get all caught up on the Empire crossover. Well, it's part of the Empire crossover. It's just... Uh, it's I, got I, I think of... I'm still in this year or so behind. Okay. It has got... you got to catch up. I emailed producer Mark about it. It has one of the best thing moments I think I've ever seen. It's only like four lines long, and it cuts so quickly and so well to the core of the thing... Um, like I said, I just like, I had to email Mark about it. I was like, I need to talk to somebody about this and I didn't want to ruin it for you in case you hadn't read it yet. And I knew that Mark had. Do you remember in Secret Wars when the thing was transformed into a giant wall and Thanos came to wake him up by just shouting at him, what time is it? Oh man. Oh gosh. I do love the thing quite a bit. So anyways, uh, we go from there I gotta go back and reread that. Secret Wars was a really good event. Secret Anyways, Wars was really good. It was okay, really so good. This episode is also very good. And we should it's get also very it. good. So we go from there to the Nezere dimension. And uh Guy Rail is like, Hey Hugh Gante, um so I was thinking about and observing your plan, and do you remember how you suck real hard and right, everything like you do is stupid? Yeah, it, it looked like Buffalo Nezere was like a really, really strong monster. Maybe the strongest monster that we had, but you didn't have any sort of a plan, and so you lost like an idiot. Uganda is basically like, oh yeah? And then even Dr. Hindelar rolls up and is just like, uh, excuse me, Guy Rail, you better check yourself. Um, and, and Shibalina, I think, also checks in. That's like, right. You, like, if, if you keep talking like this, you're going to embarrass yourself because Uganda actually has an amazing plan. Yeah. And so he- the weird thing is, they are right. Uganda does have a great plan. I was genuinely blown away when not only did Uganda have a plan, but it is a legitimately good one. And Here's- also, at no point in this episode is does Guy Rail get satisfaction. Like... Even when inevitably the Rangers win, I mean, I guess, spoiler for the end of this episode, but like... I mean, it could have been a two-parter. Sure, but like, Guy Rail is made to look the fool and does not get redemption in this episode, which I really like. 
I did, because I don't like Guy Rail, actually. Um, I like the other three villains. I don't really care for Guy Rail. Anyways, here is the plan, is that they, there's not just Buffalo Nezere. There's like Buffalo, 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 Nezere. There's two. There's only two Buffalo Nezere's. Sure, but, but when, when a, you have multiple Buffaloes, you got to do the one. You got to do the thing. You got to do the thing. And so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a second Buffalo Nezere, and Uganda explains his plan. He says, listen, I sent the original Buffalo Nezere, or I'm sorry, I sent a clone of Buffalo Nezere down to get blasted on purpose to record, like, the data from their attacks, which I will now upload to the real Buffalo Nezere, who will then somehow use that information to become, like, immune to all of their attacks. It's yeah. a really solid plan. It really is. And it only doesn't work because of a fluke, really. But we'll get to that. So, Oh, yeah, that is fair. Uganda absolutely should have won this one. <laughs> yeah, he really got cheated. So back on Earth, Kenta is running deliveries for his family business. Like his parents, at least his mom. I don't think we've seen his dad, but yeah, his family has like a grocery, like a produce shop, right? And he's riding around on his bicycle and delivering produce to people. Not because he is a dedicated son or a good employee, but because his, like he has been offered like fancy Colby tonight if he does all this work. So he's riding around on his bike, and he is being followed surreptitiously by the dude on the motorcycle from earlier. And Kenda, like, he tries to ride his bike up an incline that is way too steep. Yeah, he was uh, never he, getting up that. No, and he falls over, and all of, like, the cucumbers and eggplants and tomatoes all fall out of the basket on his bike. And he's, like, running around and trying to collect all of this loose produce. Yeah, so the dude rolls up and is just like, hey, like, hey there, bud. Oh, sorry. There was one moment that you did not mention, Matt, and I really wanted to get into, mm -hmm. which is that as Kenta is driving around on his bike. Oh, I, actually, he no, was, I, I think I have this in my notes and I've neglected to say it. He was humming and uh, he's humming. You know what, Matt? Never mind. I'm sorry. I was going to get into this like, oh, he was humming the Mega Ranger theme song. This brings up all sorts of weird fictions. Like, this brings up all sorts of like weird questions about the metafiction of the show. But it actually doesn't because Mega Ranger is a game in the context of the show and probably has theme music. So oh, this is the yeah, that's absolutely true. This is the only series where that actually makes it's completely reasonable that he would be humming the theme song to the show. So, anyways. Um, he has... Oh, yeah, the, the guy on the motorcycle takes off his helmet and he's like, hey, can I help you with your vegetables? Yeah, also, he has been... Like, Kenta has zero situational awareness. This dude has been following him for, like, 15 minutes or something. Oh, yeah. In, in showtime, not in real time. Or it... You know what I mean. So, uh... He basically just gives him some enigmatic advice and he's like, you know, if you're not careful about these cucumbers, they might fall over... Again, if you and let Kent your is like down, something like this can happen. Yeah, and Kent is like, Shh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, cool. I well, it was just the hill. I was trying to go up it, and I fell over. Yesterday's battle isn't over. And 
And then Kenta is like, wait, what now? <laughs> and if that happens, something incredible will happen. Okay, see you later. Bye. And Kenta's like, wait, hold on. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, yes, Mega Ranger stuff. I'm out of here later. And then Kenta has zero deniability because he's like, see you later, Mega Red. And Kenta, rather than saying, what are you talking about? Or I'm not Mega Red. It just says, how did you know? Well, I mean, it's Kenta. Yeah. it's Although, okay, to be fair. I uh, I think Kuichiro is about to do the same thing. He is a little bit he's a little bit more cagey about it. He never outright says like he never like offers a statement that definitively confirms what this dude is talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the dude goes to talk to Ko, uh, Kuichiro. Kuichiro uh, is practicing. He's practicing with the staff, which I really like. He is not trans he's not henchened. He is just, like, in the courtyard of this, like, temple or shrine, uh, just with a staff, practicing. Which is great. We never see these people actually practicing. Well, but okay, we normally, I mean, we, we see Koichiro practicing pretty frequently, actually. Okay, yes. But it is, like, you know, it is summertime. He is outside, just, like, wearing a t-shirt and doing some training by himself. Yeah, it's, he's the best. Well, and then uh, this dude rolls up and he does a little slow clap. And he says, no wonder that you're the leader of Mega Ranger, which I think is really interesting. This is yeah, the I, second person. I forget who oh else referenced it. But yeah, this is not the first time that that's been referenced. That's Hisato. Like, he is- I was like, I got locked in on Hisako. And I was like, Hisako's not right. Uh, yeah, Chisanto also is like, yeah, you're the leader. And now this guy is just like, you're the leader of Mega Ranger. And I think that's really interesting because like, it is, it is, that is undeniably true. Oh, Sure. Um, but even in previous seasons, and I think the most, the most obvious one is, uh, Kanka Ranger, like, even when Tsuruhime was, like, very definitely, like, kind of operating as the leader of the Kanka Rangers, it was never explicitly acknowledged that, like, yeah, Tsuruhime is in charge. Whereas this, like, openly acknowledging that, like, oh yeah, Mega Black is the leader of the Mega Rangers, Right, like, Koichiru is Cyclops, and Kenta is, like, he's not as cool as Wolverine, but you know how, like, Cyclops is the leader of the Avengers, or uh, the leader of the the X-Men? Should be the leader of the Avengers, should be the leader of everybody, Cyclops rules. Anyway, you know how Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men, but, like, Wolverine's well, the okay, one Well, okay, now hold spotlight. up. You just said that Cyclops should be the leader of the Avengers, which would imply that he should be the leader of the Avengers instead of the people who currently are, which is either Captain America or Black Panther, and I would take issue with that. Okay, but, like, he would be a better leader of the Avengers than, like, Iron Man. Oh, yeah, you can't trust Iron Man to lead anything. He'd be a better leader of the Avengers than Thor. I mean, Thor is great, but Thor, you know, Thor's got a lot on his plate. Thor gets distracted very easily by God stuff. Very easily. He is always off doing, like, high-level quests. Cyclops has singular vision. Hey-o. Matt, Um, I just want to say, you brought up a very good point about Cyclops and the email chain, which is now that he has a brand new Krakoan body, it seems like he should have control over his optic blasts, and they have have not addressed that. Because the only reason he doesn't have control over his optic blast is because he got a traumatic head injury when he fell out of a plane as a child when the Shi'ar Empire was attacking his parents. Like, 
prop plane and abducting them to go to space. And he and his brother, their parachute caught on fire, and he hit his head, and now his eyes don't work properly. But he got new eyes! It does seem, and doesn't it seem like the very specific sort of thing that Hickman would bring up? Yes, and honestly, if at some point in ten issues, Cyclops just wasn't wearing his glasses and didn't have trouble controlling his optic blast and was like, oh yeah, I just like how I look with glasses. I've been wearing them forever. It's weird when I see myself without them. Like, that would that would be immensely gratifying to me. Yeah, that's uh, that was a very good catch on your part. I can't believe I hadn't thought about it. So, well, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about Cyclops. Anyway, but Koichiro is sort of like Cyclops. And more than Kenta the average is bear, like I would a, say. Is like in the 90s, like a Wolverine or Gambit, where like, he's the one who puts himself in the middle and does flashy stuff, but he's not actually in charge of the team. I think that's fair. So, uh, so basically, Ko- he says, I know one of you are the leader of Mega Ranger, and Koichiro is just like, me? Like, what? And then he says, the other guy says, eh, let's not talk about it. And I get the feeling Kuchu's just like, nah, man, let's talk about it, actually, because you just rolled in and dropped this. Uh, you know, what What up? He, and then the guy, the motorcycle guy, gets a call on his, like, very obviously a digitizer sort of thing cell phone. Yeah. Hey, can we just say real quickly, this guy's name is um, Yusaku. We will find this out later in the episode, just so we don't have to keep calling him Motorcycle Guy. Yes, his name is uh, Yusaku Hayakawa. So Um, anyways. Yes. So Yusaku, like, he gets a phone call on his very Very obviously obviously super device. Yeah. And (laughs) it's somebody asking him, like where the data is for a particular set of booster rockets. And he's like, that's on my machine. Just get it off of my machine. I'm busy right now. I'm I'm doing cool guy stuff. Don't bother me with science. He does not say that. But that is definitely he what he's saying. No, I do really love that he is very clearly like a nerd scientist who is like LARPing a cool guy. Yes. Um, anyways, it turns back to Kuichiru, and he's like, I've got a bad feeling about that beast. Be ready. And then he sort of, like, jumps over a wall and lands directly onto his motorcycle, which is, uh, a risky move, Risky maneuver. I would describe that as a risky maneuver, yeah. But this guy loves making entrances and exits because, as you said, he is LARPing being a cool guy. He is LARPing being a cool guy. Matt, interesting question. Philosophical one. If you got, like, a magic wish and it was, and it was like, limited, you know, uh, do you choose to always be the guy who makes great entrances or always be the guy who makes great exits? Ooh. Both are valuable and both are very cool. It's not that the other one, in the context of this imagination game, it's not that the other one would be bad. It would just be, you know, there would be no supernatural juice attached to it. It would just be however you would normally enter or exit a room. Um. Okay. I feel as though, objectively, exits are better. Because you're leaving on a high note. 
right? On the other hand, me personally, I think I would rather be a guy with a perfect entrance. I think I'm with you. I think I'm a perfect entrance more than a perfect. My exits are always like in a non-COVID pandemic world. I have never left a bar without spending half an hour making the rounds and shaking hands and hugging people and saying goodbye to everybody I've ever met. Like, I'm going to be doing that anyway, and there's no way to make that cool. I think it's or even, nice. Or even better. That sounds like the that's the best way to exit a bar, Matt. Right, but I'm not like, here's my one-liner. Smoke bomb, I'm out. Where is a good entrance? Then everyone's like, ah, oh, now it is time it's... to enter right. into the circumstance, which will eventually end with Matt making the rounds and hugging everybody. Love it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyways, so we go and... Uh, the the team is all together, and uh, Kuichu and Kenda are filling everybody in, and everybody obviously is confused. And then the dude rolls over and is like, well, "Shun's Shun's uh, digitizer starts ringing." Oh, and he that's right. It. Thank you, thank but you, it's thank not you. Doctor Kubota, it's this guy. And they're and like, he's like, "How did you do this?" He's like, well, the digitizers are communicators. I'm, I'm communicating with you. That's what, that's what, that's what they're built for. This is what we're doing. Also, look kind of to your left. I'm right over here, and he's just yeah. there, like leaning against his motorcycle, waving to them. He comes over, and he is being, again, extremely dramatic about, like, yes, I know these things, but don't worry about why I know them. It's all a secret. It's all a secret, and he gets real goofy for a second. It's very unclear as as to why. So he just basically Everybody, Everybody's says, asking him questions like, who are you? What do you want? What do you know? And Miku asks, I think, a very relevant question, which is, how old are you? Because, you yeah, know, like, he, all four of these are in the same high school class, and this guy, he's not, like, you know, he's not as old as Dr. Kubota, but he is definitely older than the 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 mega rangers oh yeah like pretty pretty substantial and i did it's very weird because even later we will discover oh maybe there actually is kind of a reason for him to be as secretive as he's being we'll get there so anyways he's like listen my turn is finally come like this is going to be great but you guys need to watch out he gets another call on the thing and is like Guys, I'm still very... Oh, I'm sorry. The Rangers get a call from Dr. Kubota. He's like, there's an attack. You gotta go. When they leave, then Yusaku is like, my time has finally come. And he's like trying to be real cool to himself. And then he gets a call and it's about the files again. And he's like, guys, I am 100% busy right now. Right, please do not bother me with office stuff. I need to do cool stuff right now. Please, please. This is my moment. Like, I'm trying so hard. I got a motorcycle. I went and got this, like, very cool jacket from a, from a... I got a cool guy jacket, guys. Just let me have this. Again, he is not saying these things. But if you were to watch this episode, you would know why we are vocalizing those things for him. It's very... Yeah, it's... The guy does a great job because he makes these things very clear. So, uh, we go to a construction site, there's Buffalo Nazare, and uh, Yusaku is inbound. We are, we are kind of constantly cutting back to him, like, racing in on a motorcycle as the Rangers are fighting. Right, uh, because the so, Rangers are fighting, and they're not doing great. And the whole time Yusaku is uh, riding, and he's like, 
oh, I'm late. I got, like, held up by this stupid phone call. <laughs> like, I was, I wasted all my time. Um, the... The fight actually is fairly fast, basically, or we can describe it pretty quickly, which is basically, they try to fight Buffalo Nezerate, nothing works, because every time they go to hit him, it just, like, bounces off this this energy shield that he has. Um, their weapons don't work, their blasters don't work, their combined weapons don't work, like, basically nothing works. Uganda shows up, uh, does feel the need to explain his entire plan. Like I stole your Kenta, <laughs> yeah, Kenta is like... No, we'll still attack. And he keeps attacking, and uh, obviously nothing happens. Right. Dr. Kubota very is worried. very... He's extremely worried because he's like, I do not know if we have a way out of this situation. Like, this is very bad. Yeah. Now, I don't feel like he needs to be quite so worried because the answer is you send in Galaxy Mega, whose data has not been collected, and then you just stomp this dude. But for some reason, they don't want to do that. And then Dr. Kubota is like, hey, what's that? Because he's looking on the computer monitors that are showing him what we have just seen on the television screen. Because I guess he just has like omnipresent, omnipresent cameras like scattered all over Japan. Of course. And he's, and like, he's like, hey, second. what's like, that? Who, why is this motorcycle guy showing up? And there's a guy in a motor... It's, you know, it's Yuzuku, who we don't know his name yet, but... Which I'm only mentioning because we are about to find out his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is approaching... Uh, Dr. Kubota does not recognize him, which was a surprise to me because I thought that he was, like, a guy Dr. Kubota knew and that he was just, like, kind of messing with the Mega Rangers. But Dr. Kubota's like, who is this Joker? Why is he rolling in on a motorcycle into an active combat zone? He rolls in, he does like a cool, you know, he's on the motorcycle and does like a drive-by attack where he's like, you know, you know the thing where if you drive a motorcycle near someone in a Sentai oh, show, yeah, they just as kind though of... you have hit them? He does that. Uganda has this great line where he's like, who is this regular human showing up to this fight? He must be dreaming. Buffalo Nezere, go wake him up. Yeah, that's uh that is cold as ice. It is a great line. So he kind of blasts through and he's like, I've been waiting for this. And then we flash up to Dr. Kubota and uh his right hand man whose name I could never remember, he's like that he's like, dude, is that Yusuku he, Hayakawa? He, he, yeah, he takes off his helmet and they can see his face. He's like the head of the special development divisions? Like, what is going... Like, what is he doing? Director Kubota is... Ex- like, he is gobsmacked. He does not know how to handle this. And we come back so, down to Earth, and he's like... Like, okay, Mega Rangers, you don't have to worry anymore. And he turns to Uganda and Buffalo Nezere. He's like, right now, I am your strongest enemy. And he pulls out... Um, which is a great entrance! Very good entrance. Uh, he pulls out his digitizer, which he calls his Kaitizer? Kaitizer? Something like that? Uh, if, it was, if it was German, I, it would definitely be Kaitizer. But because it is Japanese, and I know they break up their um, uh, syllables a little differently, I'm not exactly sure how to say this out loud. But it's his cell phone, right? He pulls out his cell phone, and he punches in the word Mega on the keypad, which is very easy for him, because... 
The only four letters that are represented on the keypad are M, E, G, and A. It's not like a regular keypad where each let number has three letters. It's like the top row is all M, the middle row is all E, the bottom row is all G, and then like the zero, pound sign, and uh, asterisks are all A. It's great. It is just a megaphone. A megaphone. Yeah. It's a fun uh, joke. I should but have not an actually. Notes. But it's not a megaphone, though. Um, so he transforms, and he is mega silver. And he busts out a silver blazer, which is like, uh, it's his own little special weapon. It's like a, it's it, like it, a pistol, it, but with like a rifle stock, but the rifle stock is hollow and you put your hand through the rifle stock and you hold the pistol. If yeah, that it's a makes sword sense. that's also a laser gun, basically. But when, when yeah, it transforms, it cuts, back, it cuts back up to Dr. Kubota and he's like, is that the mega suit prototype? And apparently it is. Like, this isn't like the five Mega Rangers are wearing the completed mega suits. And from what I understand from this episode, and I could be wrong and we'll find out, it seems as yep. though this dude is the guy who developed the mega suits and just decided, like, I'm just going to start wearing the prototype and I am the sixth Mega Ranger. Yeah, um, which is a boss move, man. Um, and he does super well. This yeah. is definitely an example of like the prototype was so strong that well, like we had to the... change it or something. Okay, that is potentially true, but maybe not true because the only thing we know is that he is able to defeat Buffalo Nazare because Buffalo Nazare doesn't have his moves scanned in. Okay, like, that's fair, but he also blasts Uganda pretty that's well. That's true. So. I, I, and listen, he does do, like, there is a moment, and again, this is one of those things where it is difficult for me to say, like, this is very cool, because it is obviously meant to be very cool, not just by the show, but by the character, which I think is something that's it, very fun and I will enjoy watching going forward. It, but it is, it is legitimately very cool. Um... Uh, uh, okay, so there's the, he, he does this move, and the move is called Blazer Impact, where he runs forward towards Buffalo Nazare while shooting the his weapon while it's in gun form. And as he gets close, it transforms into sword mode, and he attacks. And then he, like, turns towards the camera unhensions so he's just standing there in his cool jacket and an explosion happens behind him while he's posing and it's great like yeah it's very cool it's very much the power like the very much the super sentai version of like cool guys walk away from explosions um slash like ninjas cut you and then turn around and put their sword away and then you fall over yeah uh it's got it's very much got that energy so uh he goes giant not uh, Mega Silver Buffalo Nazare, and they summon Galaxy Mega. And at first, it actually goes pretty poorly. And uh, Yusaku is like shouting advice slash recriminations at them. And Kent is like, shut up, old man. I'm Mega Red. I know how to do this. 
Right, yeah. Yusuke is like halfway between being their biggest fan and being their biggest critic. He's like a toxic fan where he's like, yes, the Mega Rangers, now is the time. And then they kind of stumble for a moment. He's like, you guys are all idiots. I should have known that high school students couldn't actually manage this. Oh, oh, why am I cursed to watch this? And then as soon as they start doing well again, he's like, okay, the best guys in the world are on the job. Yeah, um... And even the other rangers are like, hey, Kenta, we are actually losing. Could you please focus? Yeah. Um, uh, and then they do, and they summon the blaster, and they shoot him, and then that's... Uh, and then they summon Delta Mega, and then they, they blast him, and then that's that's basically yeah. it. Um, so, Dr. Kubota, in, in the sort of end of this, is like, this... We're going to need to have a conversation with this guy. <laughs> he is our employee... Uh, and we don't know what he is doing or why he has that suit. Yeah, like he definitely is is not supposed to have it. Yeah, uh, but and then that's it, and that's it for the episode, Dave. But of course, it is not it for our episode because first we need to determine where Buffalo Nazare lands in the Creature Royale. Okay, well, it's a He's pretty cool. unique plan. He's cool. It's a pretty unique plan. Uh, he has zero personality. He doesn't even ever say anything. He just, like, groans and growls. Yeah. So he's got a cool look. He's got a cool... He's part of a cool plan, um, but is not... Has, like, literally no personality whatsoever. And so for me, that does kind of put him down near the bottom of the list because... He just, you know, he's basically a weapon. He's he's not even, in a sense, a monster in and of his in his own right, if that makes sense. Okay, Dave. Here, I think is a good comparison point. Uh, is Crocodile Nezare because Crocodile Nezare is another Nezare beast who like dies and then they have to fight him again in a different way where he's more difficult, right? Uh yeah, that's fair. That is fair. He does definitely do that. So, so who's I better? think I like ooh, tough to say. Um yeah, I do definitely both like them better than FF Munchori, who I hated. I yeah. think yeah. I think I like the episode with Crocodile Nezare a little bit better. But I, I think mean, that, probably that was a cool right episode. This, is, this this is also a cool episode, although it's a cool episode because it's introducing a new character. It yeah. does not spend a lot of time with, like, the problem of the monster. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Most of the coolness here is Mega Silver. So I say he goes right under um, FF, or right under Concordial Nazare. Cool. So then uh, Buffalo Nazare comes in at the new number 164 on the list. Again, that list goes all the way down to number 204 or 5, I think. The, uh, the, oh the, man, it's, it's, a it's little something on, like It's that. a little hard to say the exact number because the last spot on the list is tied for a couple of genuinely reprehensible episodes. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a number, it's not 164 out of 165. He's definitely better than some of these characters. Yeah, for sure, man. And that, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of The Spy Who Loved Mecha Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show 
at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at SuperSentaiBros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you want to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, we are told that that's how, that is how new people can find the show. Another way that new people can find the show is if you tell them that the show exists and that they would enjoy listening to it, and I think that they would. Dave, what do you think? Uh, I agree, Matt. Cool. Well, I'm glad we are of one accord. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Over Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Over Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>